Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome to Changing the Lost Vanity. Vanity is a first edition Chronicles of Darkness game set in southern Florida during the year 1993. Father Katrina, played by Tillman, Raymond, played by Chris, Isabel, played by Andrew, Frank, played by Slavic, and Adam as the storyteller as they uncover the mysteries of the true fae and forge new paths for themselves in a world of beauty and madness. Follow us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM for channel updates, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Katrina, the, the branch snaps uh, right underneath your foot, and it makes this cracking sound that it almost echoes the way that it's just so silent and it's just so abrupt. And you just you just see this guy just turn around and just focus on the bushes. And he's just still staring coldly, staring blankly. Just and you're wondering if, if he sees you, you know? Or if he's just looking in this direction. Or you're looking directly into his eyes. You know what I mean? And it seems like his eyes are staring right back, but his mannerisms, his his demeanor, it's just so so cold, so clinical that you just you just are still not even sure if if you're safe or not. And you just see him take these two calm steps towards the bushes and he just stands there for a second and your heart is just boom boom just just beating out of your chest and he just calmly just takes his arm and just grabs into the bushes. And you just see this arm right next to your face as he's just he's just reaching for you. Can you give me a dexterity and let's see, we'll say uh, we'll say de- dex and athletics for just trying to trying to weasel out of the way where he, he can't grab you by the by the shirt or by the neck or whatever. Yeah, Do I'm going a- to try uh, like to circle him at least like to uh, take a step to the side and maybe another one. I mean, he's clearly seen me, so. Uh, I think I'm going to try to step into the clearing. Give yourself a, a minus one on that as well, because you're kind of stuck right now. Not hey, like that's... really stuck, but like you're you're in a in a tough position right now, being sure. like in the bushes. I have two successes. So he doesn't. He's not able to grab you, and you're kind of able to just like slip out from where his where his arm is reaching, and it gets very real for you in this moment. He saw you, and he's going to try to grab you, and you have no idea what his plan to do with you is after that. And so you just feel this, this sensation of just, of just pure fight or flight. And you said you're going to try to try to circle around and like rush out to where the clearing is? Yeah, I can't really run away from him to, through the brushes. So. Yeah, it would, be, it would be tough. So I'm going to step into the clearing. But I want to circle him a little. Yeah, so you're able to create like a a good 15 feet of distance between you and him. And you just kind of like step out of the brush into the clearing. And he's just standing there, just looking straight at you as you're, as you're now standing on the clearing. He's going to try to run after you at this point. So the way we're going to do this, give me, a, uh, give me another Dex in Athletics. Or- Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna roll his decks in athletics as well. Katrina's gonna yell for help. He got nothing, so 
oh wow <laughs> yeah. <have> successes <laughs> yeah so he's it's like uh he goes to like run after you but it's like it's he can't he can't get into that full run it's almost just like he's he's like jogging after you somewhat and you're you're just like you just turn around and you just try to go the other way and he gets he gets like a little bit closer to where you are but you still have like a good five to ten uh foot distance between the two of you and you've made it a little bit farther away and he's gotten a little bit closer but you still have that distance between you the only thing now is you're not quite sure where to go because it's like you could go back into the bushes and potentially try to get away from him from there there's no saying whether or not he's going to pursue you through the bushes or how far or anything like that but you're not really sure you could try to you could try to get past him and go towards the other side you're not really sure but you have to jump on him right now as far as distance but so where you're standing right now you're like at the edge of this clearing facing the facing the the bushes again and he's behind you trying to trying to catch up so um like every side of the clearing looks the same to me it's just thick uh thick branches and nothing really to see there and um go ahead and make that same roll again okay is that your roll there one yep okay so he got three whichever way like which way are you going to try to try to move um i think katrina would circle the clearing okay trying to find the way that he came from right okay so you you try to run along the side you know and it's kind of tricky at this point because you have to try to basically like run past him at this point okay because it's like you're you're gonna end up going back into the direction where he's facing almost and so as you try to make that brush past him he goes to grab you and he's able to catch part of your shirt and so for this i want you to do another uh give me decks and we'll say uh like dex and brawl to try to like wrestle him off of you and give me uh, a plus one for that i have two successes and i think she would just push him away yeah so he goes to grab your shirt and you just kind of you know you go to like break his grip from your from your sleeve by just like pushing his arm out of the way with with your arm and you just like give him like a good shove and he just he falls on his ass but he he's starting to get up like right away and he's almost just like walking quickly after you at this point and you run to the other side and you're trying to find some sort of trails anything something you know any sort of path at all and there there is no visible path it's just just woods on you know every side of this place and you you have to imagine at this point that he just walks in from the woods you know with no path or he just doesn't leave at all it's it's just it's just this clearing and nothing else and it's like you are starting to feel trapped in a way as he starts to make his way back towards you how far away uh, am i from the bonfire right now so the bonfire is kind of like in the middle of this whole clearing so you are about we'll say we'll say the bonfire is like 10 feet away from you and he's like 15 feet away from you again because you kind of, you know, pushed him on his ass okay. and now he's he's getting back up and trying to walk towards you again. Okay, the bonfire is closer then. Yes. Um 
she's gonna dart towards it and try to grab a burning branch from the sides. Okay. So yeah, you're able to just reach into the fire and you grab one side of like a of like a small like you know stick like kindling that is like still somewhat thick enough that you could you know you could swing it if you had to and it's it's just completely uh completely in flames on the other end and it's not necessarily too long it's it's probably about a foot and a half long you know because it's it's the other half of it is being burnt up by this fire as you grab it so you just grab the stick and you're holding it in front of you he doesn't seem to notice. It's almost like he's like a robot. He's just still just walking right towards you. And he goes to grab you again. And instinctively, you put this stick out to try to make some some distance between the two of you. And it goes and it just it burns him just right over here as you are just like trying to press it against against his chest. And he just leans into you fully and just grabs you by the shoulders and the both of you just tumble down onto the ground. Um, I'll let you do one more, um, one more uh, dex in brawl to try to get out of his hold. But otherwise, he's he's going to be trying to pin you. So I'm actually going to do a roll for him as well. We're next to the fire right now. Are yeah. Um, I would like to use a willpower point. Does that give me three more dice, or is yep. that okay? And my plan is. Uh, to roll over so that I take him with me. Like I'm imagining um, we're both on the ground. Is he on top of me? Or He's or on top of you right okay. now, trying to pin okay. you down. So my plan is to roll over in the direction of the fire so that um, maybe his arm or uh, something gets burned and he lets go of me. Okay. Oh, wow. I have two nice. successes. <laughs> So it seems like he's he's got you pinned, but then you're able to just sort of like give this last like kick of strength and you push him off and he falls into the fire a little bit, not fully like not fully rolling into the fire, but you kick him back and his back just brushes up against all these these sticks and stuff like that and you see him, you know, flailing around a little bit as as this as his back is just getting singed by these by these flames. And he just he just like is moving much quicker once once the once the fire touches him, and he's just like he gets up and he's trying to like trying to like brush the flames off of himself and brush the the cinder and you can see like the smoke just coming from this this uh, shirt, and you know you see the ash just smeared against the the whiteness of this shirt, and he's trying to pat himself off. Raymond, at this time, you make it back to this this tent that you left behind. And as you're starting to approach it, you're starting to hear the sounds of, of struggling. You're starting to hear, you know, the, the branches breaking. You're starting to hear the running and you're hearing this, this altercation basically happen before you. And it's almost like you're like awaiting what you're going to see once you get there. So you're moving there with a much more hurried pace. You're holding the ax two hands like this as you're kind of kind of jogging through the hedge to get to where this sound is coming from. And you're just, you have no idea what you're going to see. You have no idea at all. And you get there and you see this figure, you see the, the shape of this hat in the, in the shadows and the light of the bonfire, this, this large wide brimmed, uh, flat brimmed black hat 
almost like a like a pilgrim's hat and you just see him standing there smoke just coming from his back but what's even more shocking is the other thing that you see there you see you see katrina she's laying down on her back almost like trying to crawl away from this thing that is just slowly moving towards her and as you get a little bit closer you you realize that she's in danger you realize that this thing whatever this thing is is coming after her and you wonder is this a dream is this real is this the real katrina is this actually what's happening or is this some sort of illusion my mind is making but does it even matter would it even would it even make a difference at this point raymond what's going on I'm going to run up behind the dude and axe that motherfucker in the back of his neck with his own axe while he's trying to like go after Katrina. Like just giving in to like the primal side of me, giving into like like letting the anger take over right now. So yeah. Fuck yeah. All right. He's gonna find so, his axe. Katrina, <laughs> you're laying down on the ground. Um basically there's not enough distance between you and you and him to try to pull yourself back up. And he's walking towards you and he's right about to reach down and grab you by the neck. And you just see this hand just coming closer to you and you feel this helplessness as, as this is about to happen. And then right as his hand grazes your neck, as he's about to go in to just, just choke you and you are starting to feel just the intensity of this grip. You just hear this loud thud and he just stops. And then you see the protrusion sticking out of his neck. It's the it's the blade of an axe just wedged deeply in between his neck and his shoulder. And he's just his eyes still cold, still sterile and lifeless, just staring back at you. And the axe comes out again. Raymond, do you do you keep swinging? Oh yeah. Like I'm going to Why don't you just uh tell me tell me how you do this? And I'm going to give you full control over over what happens right now. So I take it when I ax the guy in the neck, he falls onto the ground. And I'm just going to, like, stick my boot, like, on the back of his head and just, like, use both my hands to lodge the axe out. And then I'm just going to start, like, fucking hacking away, like, at his neck, at his back, at his head, just, like, this whole fucking body. And I'm just going to be, like, screaming, like, all that fucking pain. I'm just going to be, like, screaming it out, like... And curse and be like, motherfucker! And just like, bam, over and over and over again. Just like berserk mode. Screaming and just like kick it for like probably like two minutes straight. I'm just going to go off on this thing. And when I stop, I'm just going to like drop the axe like next to the body and look at Katrina. And like right now, like I've told you about like his true form. I forgot what it's called, but where like it, it kind of had that smoky demeanor where you couldn't really make out his facial features or whatever. And it would change color, you know, depending on his emotion. But like, it's just like crimson red right now. Just like completely crimson red. It's not even swirling. It's not even doing like any kind of change or anything like that. And I'm going to take off my shirt and throw it in the fire and then reach down with both my hands to the mess that's below me and just like soak my hands in his blood. And I'm going to slowly walk over to Katrina and just like gently put the each of the palm of my hands on the side of her face, kind of like war paint in a way for a second and just like stare at her for a second and then just pull my hands off and offer a hand to help her up. Before you can act, Katrina, you basically just see and it's 
that it's so crazy because it, it doesn't even register as Raymond immediately. You just see this axe go into the neck of the of the guy, and then you know he he falls to the ground, and you see Raymond behind him. You recognize his his famine. And Raymond takes the axe out and, you know, he begins hacking away and screaming. And this axe is not very sharp. It, it's taking a, a great many swings, but it doesn't matter. He's swinging it so furiously that just little by little, this head is becoming separated from the body. And it's, it's, it's bad. It's like, it's, it's hanging from like, it's like, you know, it's halfway on at one point where it's like, you can just see like half of the neck connected and then you just see this giant like this just giant gorge where his neck and his his head are just like completely separated and then just that one final swing with just just full of cracking and guttural noises as the head just completely separates from the body and just rolls a, a slight distance away from it and he he reaches down and he he it's 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 almost it's almost surreal the way that he dips his hands in the blood and just ritualistically almost presses it against your face and you're stunned. You, you can't, you can't, um, you don't stop him from, from putting this on your face. You start to realize how this place changes people, how you're not a person when you're in here, when you're in here, it's more animal, it's more tribal. It's more, it's more, it goes on base instincts. It doesn't go on, on rationality. It doesn't go on anything like that. And as you realize that, you realize that you understand this place and that you understand Raymond a little bit more than you thought you did previously. Katrina, what's going on in your mind right now just after seeing all this, after seeing Raymond and seeing what he just did, but also realizing this man who you've felt a great deal of animosity towards lately has just saved you. Yeah, I think Katrina's just like laying or sitting there, something in between, like um, holding her hands very tightly, um, like grabbing her elbows, like uh, almost in a fetal position, like uh, shaking a little bit, like she just uh, escaped her. Um, well, certain death, at least that's what she thinks. And I don't think she's really crying, but she's so tensed up that like tears are coming from her eyes and like there's no uh, color in her face. Mm -hmm. And I think it takes uh, Raymond a while to get her to uh, stand up, but she feels uh, very relieved in a way. Um, but she, uh, I don't think she's really... Uh, making any connections in her head right now. Like, uh, she's just uh, relieved to have survived this this moment. Right, and that makes total sense. I mean, what, what can a person even make of, of these sorts of events unfolding? So Raymond stands before you, still holding this axe, and it looks like it's like a part of him almost, the way that he holds it. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave this scene on you guys right now. Um, if you guys want to say anything to each other or anything like that, I'm just going to leave it to you guys right now. Katrina's going to lean onto Raymond, I think. Like Raymond will, like, for a second, not react, then put his, like, right arm around her. You know what I mean? And kind of, like, pull her in for a second and let her rest on him while he's standing there. And then he's going to give her, like, a good 30 seconds to sit there and collect herself or a minute. And then he's going to kind of, like... Gently, 
like use that same arm and put it back on her shoulder and make her stand on her own as he looks down on her. He's just going to look down on her until she says something. I thought I made a bad mistake. What mistake? Coming here. Why did you come here? How did you get here? I wish to see you. And if there's one thing I learned, it's that you should be careful what you wish for. We are meant to be together in this. I think we both know that. I think we both know we're connected. I'm not coming back from this, Katrina. I'm not going to. But why? We need you. You don't need me over there. But I'm going to do what I can over here before they get me. What? They? Someone here is responsible. They've been coming back. I felt it. I don't know how long I've been over here, but I was by Manny's house. And I lost my way here inside Manny's house, by his house. And at first I was scared and I almost took my life and ran into this thing, the snake. And I let fear overcome me. But now I just kind of look down at the axe. I'm over it. I'm not going back there. And I'm going to do what I can here. Come with me. But what can we do here? I don't know. I, I walked forever and now here's this, this one place. And we'll walk to another place. And we'll walk to another and just like we were supposed, to, we knew we were supposed to be together, we'll go where we need to be. This isn't over there. You need to do this. And if you make it back, after all this is done, then you'll know what decisions need to be made. And they'll listen to you. And you'll tell them what needs to be done. There's a reason why we're brought together. Yeah, the reason is the snake thing wants us to. But so I can show you what I'm incapable of doing. You're calm. You think. You make decisions. But you also know that a lot of them pretend like nothing's wrong. Yeah, when I did. And when we're done here, you will tell them how it needs to be done. And what you have is a strength. I saw it in you. And I'm sure you'll find it in here. Let's go. And I just like turn around and start walking into the foliage with the axe over my shoulder. <laughs> Katrina is going gonna, gonna to swear and then run after you. <laughs> because there's nothing else for her to do. <laughs> And I'm just going to kind of go like where my gut is taking me. You know what I mean? Like kind of walk away from the fire and just, and out of character, I'll probably be listening for horns again or anything like that. Or if I see anything, you know, but I'm just going to, I'm going to walk. And you guys walk side by side into the distance. No sounds except for the sounds of the night and the bonfire roaring behind you. And then you leave this place one final time into the night, into the unfamiliar, and just into the darkness. And I'm going to leave you two right there. Uh, we'll cut to Frank. You and Manny are, are driving still, and you just, left, uh, you just left Ron's place. You see Manny is kind of, as he drives, he's trying to also flip through his like black book of, uh, of like names and, and contacts and stuff like that. Yeah. And he's using his car phone to just make phone calls to just uh, just ask people in the in the spring court if they know where Melissa lives. And okay. he's made a you you don't know who specifically he's calling. He's made about three phone calls since you guys have been driving. And every now and then you guys will you guys will you'll pass the same McDonald's on the right, and it's like you you realize that Manny is just driving in, in circles. That he's almost manic. The way that he, the way that he handles things, you know, it's like he's just driving in circles, just making these calls, just making these business calls, one after another, one after another. 
hey, I'm uh, just trying to find Melissa. Just got to ask her something. Do you know? Do you know where she's living at these days? Or, and you know, he's not getting any luck. None of these people in the Supreme Court really are close enough with Melissa to to know where she lives or anything like that. And it's like you know, it's just it's filling in more of the puzzle about Melissa. You know, nobody is close enough to her to be able to just know where she hangs her head for certain, you know? And then Manny just says like, you know, I could, I could pull my last stop and call Allison, but I really don't want to, I really don't want to put myself in a, in a position of weakness in front of her. Does that make any kind of sense? And okay. I mean, you know how things work around here. If I do ask her for help, I'm undoubtedly going to be owing her something. Which I, I can live with. It's just, I hate to owe anybody anything. It makes me feel rotten. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if we're going to be able to, to find her spot any other way. So you think I should do it? And you see him holding like a, a, a ripped out page. Well, we do have to find her. That's right. We have to. I mean, we have to. Okay, I'll call her. I'm going to pull over for this one, though. And you just see him. He he hits the blinker, and you guys pull into, like, a a Kmart parking lot, and just kind of he just kind of slides his car into one of the empty spaces in the back where nobody really parks because you're, like, a a good walk to the the front of the store. And it's just kind of his car there. Um, You see people shopping, whatever. And, you know, he stops the car still running and everything and he takes the car phone out and it's you know you see this big curly cord that connects it and he waits for a second and he he calls and the phone's ringing a little bit and you know he just says hello yeah allison it's uh it's 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 me manny look uh i was gonna ask you something about one of your people here uh it's it's nothing huge at the moment. I'm just trying to find uh, Melissa. You know, you know where she hangs her head at. Uh huh. Well, I'm I'm sorry to be calling you. It's you know you are the you're the last person I can ask for this. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. No, and I will. Look, do you know or not? Okay. Okay. Thank you. Okay, that helps. Yes. All right. I'm sorry. Look, just call me and we'll figure something out. And, you know, there he's kind of talking for, like, another, like, minute and a half or two. And you see him jotting some stuff down. And he's just like, okay, all right, okay, bye. And then he hangs up the phone, and he's just like, well, I got an address, but she's not quite sure that she still lives here. We could always check it out. She said that they all stay at the hollow, their little hedge space that they have. But she she didn't she didn't know where where that would be you know that's that's like their little secret but she was kind of hanging her head down at this this warehouse spot that is a little bit on the outskirts of town and you know it's it's kind of like a renovated warehouse space that she lives in with some some other kind of you know people like her well let's go manny what are we waiting for i mean it doesn't hurt to check it out i guess and so manny um starts driving and you guys drive for about 15 minutes until you get to this section of town where it's all these old factories and stuff that are not all being used still. There's, there's some that are still in operation, but most of them are just buildings at this point, buildings that nobody is um, you know, totally using anymore. 
but on Allison's tip, you guys are are going to this address to see if maybe you can ask some questions about about uh, Melissa. So you guys get there. It's not exactly clear how one would gain entrance into this place. This place is an uh, old factory. It's it's very much so an, an old factory, and you can see that it's been you know renovated for living, but not like in a very formal way. It's kind of like it's almost like a step above squatting. You know what I mean? And it's like it's like you can see that there's lights going on inside of this place, and you can see that there's probably a lot of people that live here, um, and you guys are out in the parking lot just watching for a little bit and you see somebody enter through what appears to be like a loading dock. And then Manny just kind of looks at you and it's just like, okay, I think that's how we're going to get in. Like I'm going to get outside the car and I'm going to kind of walk around for a little bit and I need you to keep an eye on things. I'm going to try to open this loading dock door and get inside. And if I'm able to, I want you to come in right behind me. All right. If I'm not able to, and they kick me out, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a walk for a little bit and then I want you to try, okay? You got it, boss. So you see Manny, he steps out of the car and he's kind of just like slowly like meandering to where this like loading dock area is. And you know, he stands at the edge of it, he's smoking a cigarette, he's kind of looking around a little bit. And, you know, after about a minute passes and he, he gets the vibe that he thinks he's alone, he flicks his cigarette out. Pulls himself up onto the, the the base of this loading dock and just goes to slide the door open. And he pulls it open a little bit and almost just like looks under and looks inside. And then he looks back at the car where you're sitting and he just signals like a, a come forward motion, you know. And then he, he sets the sliding door back down until you're able to get to where he's at. And then once you pull yourself up onto the loading dock with, you know, a little bit of... Uh, help from him just kind of like pulling at your shirt as you like pull yourself up as he just kind of tries to like help you get your footing and stuff like that. You guys slide the door open and you both make your way inside. Now this place on the inside, it's, it's very, it's very like, it's very trippy looking. There's a lot of walls that are just made, a lot of hallways that are just made out of uh, these like hanging curtains, you know, a lot of these rooms are just separated by curtains being held up on this almost like clothesline type of thing. Like if you were above where this clothesline starts, it's like you would have this top-down view of just like every room in this like factory style place. So you're not really sure where to even begin. And, you know, you guys are kind of like slowly walking down this corridor with just multicolored bed sheets lining the the walls of this this hallway kind of, you know? If you would call it a hallway, it's it's almost like like cubicles or something, you know, just separated by these sheets. It's like it's very, very bizarre, very makeshift. And you can hear like lots of other people just behind these different sheets as you guys start to start to walk through. And Manny looks back at you somewhat uh somewhat uncertain, but he he reads your he reads your eyes, he reads your expression, and he turns back and just keeps going forward. Uh, he doesn't want to make any kind of noise. So it's like he's moving like stealthily because he doesn't want somebody to notice him here and like kick him out or something like that. But he also isn't sure, you know, where in this giant place you guys are going to find Melissa. So you guys are just walking, you know, and you can hear like 
all this all this sorts of just sounds of living on the opposite sides of these sheets it's not a wall separating you guys it's this thin thin layer and it's it's strange and you see like a few of the sheets will kind of like be parted a little bit as somebody peeks through to see what's happening and you know as one of the sheets parts you see like a a person um, sitting down on like a mattress that's on the floor. You see another person laying down on this mattress, um, belt still wrapped around their arm, just completely, completely passed out. And this person just peeks through the, peeks through the, um, the curtain almost, and just kind of like closes it. You're starting to get the vibe that maybe a lot of people come through here. You know, maybe people aren't alarmed to see strangers here. Maybe that's just a part of what it's like to live in a place like this. And you think, wow, I thought Ronnie's place was bad, but this is literally just a drug den, you know? You just see the squalor. You see the, the sadness in the, in the faces that peeked, peeked through the curtain, you know, almost like they're just living ghosts. They're just, just pale, sunken eyes, just complete desperation in their look. And you guys just keep, keep moving on. After... After a little bit, Manny's starting to become impatient, and he's kind of just pulling back the curtains himself, just like looking. And it's like he's not finding what he wants. He sees two people, sees one person, he sees another person, and then he starts doing it more frantically. You know, he's just like pulling these sheets back and then just like pulling another one back. And he just starts shouting, Melissa! Melissa! And you're just like, you know, you want to tell him to stop, but you wouldn't tell him to stop. You're, that's not the way that your guys' friendship operates. And, like, he's just starting, you guys are starting to, like, run through this place almost. Like, you're running behind Manny to keep up with him. And he's just shouting, Melissa! Melissa! And it's, like, it's strange. You're seeing these junkies, like, peeking out behind these curtains and stuff to see what the commotion is. Nobody getting up or saying anything, though. Just, just sort of casually observing you know, from behind this, this, you know, stained white bed sheets and stuff like that. That's kind of the only sort of wall that separates these folks. Before like 10 minutes or so have passed that you guys have been in there, he, he pulls back one of the curtains and he just like looks in for a second and he just, it's like he just steps inside and he just disappears because it's like he just walked through the curtain and the curtain just, just covered up around him. And okay. Frank will think, follow him. For sure. Okay, so yeah, you you open the curtain and you go to to peek inside, and you just see uh, Melissa is just inside of the inside of this this curtain room, just just throwing things into a bag. She just has like a a suitcase of some sort, and she's just putting these few belongings she has into this bag, just really quickly. And she's just like, "What? What do you want? Where are you going? I'm leaving now. I'm leaving tonight." Sort of look at Manny. Look, I'm I'm going. I'm I'm getting out of Florida. This this is too fucked up. This is too fucking crazy. My whole family, everybody in, in my family is dying. Well, we need you for something. Nope, I'm out of here. No, no fucking chance. Yes, I am. I'm fucking leaving. No, we're not. And you see her, she just breaks down and she starts to cry and she's like I'm going now. Get out of my way. I'm not sticking around this place for another fucking second. I'm not going to be next. There's going to be a lot of people next if you don't help us. Look, something... I don't know. Something's going on. And I don't know if it's because you tipped off Raymond or, or something, but... 
you know what? I think I think you must have. I think you must have. I think you must have told Raymond about what happened the other night, and now he's he's taken another one of my friends. So I hope you're fucking happy for yourself. What do you know about Raymond? I know that so far he's killed two of my brothers, and I don't even I don't even I'm not gonna stick around for him to kill me next. I'm I'm leaving. Two of them. Yeah, first Charlie and 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 now Ronnie. So you know what happened to Ronnie? I went to his apartment last night and I found him dead and I left and I'm I'm leaving tonight. Uh, and I don't give a shit about any of this bullshit anymore. Fuck the freehold. Fuck all you guys. I'm fucking leaving. Uh, you see Manny, he's just like listening. He's just like Well but what if you killed Ronnie? Get the fuck out of my face. And she just like tries to brush past you and you see Manny just steps in front and just, just pushes her in the shoulder and it's just like, Nope. You're not going to take a foot out of here. Yeah, you're going to help us find Raymond. Yeah, you're coming with us. What, are you guys going to fucking force me? I just sort of take her stuff, the bag she has. Give it back to me right now. Give it back gonna, to me, I'm leaving. going to get it back after you help us find Raymond. Why would I help you find Raymond? Did you hear what I just said? He killed my friends. He's going to kill me next. Because I have your stuff. I'll leave without it. I don't give a fuck. I'll start over. Fuck this bullshit. You're gonna help us. You owe me. And you just see her. She just, she just like stares at the ground for a second, and she's just like, "Okay, I'll come with you guys for a couple hours, and then you're gonna drop me back off here. You're gonna give me my stuff back, and I'm leaving town." Agreed. Frank sort of looks at Manny. Manny's contemplating a little bit, and he just, okay. All right, it's a promise. We'll bring you back here after a few hours. You can do whatever the fuck you want with your pathetic life. Probably going to die in the gutter in a few years anyways, no matter where the fuck you go. But listen, right now, you're going to help us. You're going to make your pathetic fucking existence mean something for once, all right? You're going to help us. If you really think Raymond killed your friends, well, you're going to help us find him. So we'll deal with, we'll deal with whatever happened once we get him, but you're going to help us get him back right now. All right, so start walking. Lead us out of this place. And it's like you see how Manny's power just worked again, you know? It's just like his intimidation just it's just like it's just works on people, you know? And defeated, she kind of just like leads the way out of this place. Hello folks. Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts or just media in general that deals with your favorite white wolf? role-playing games? Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded, one which wouldn't be drowned out by random posts and discussion so that your media could get the attention you want? Well, we have the answer for you in a Facebook group we run called White Wolf RPGs Gameplay and Media. The group is specifically ran with the sole intent of it being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. We are currently over 1,000 members strong, and we are continuing to rapidly grow with new media being shared every day. Stop on by! We hope to see you there. High Level Games, the industry's first choice in taking your games 
to the next level. We are a podcast blog and new media network at highlevelgames.ca. We have blog posts about all of your favorite games going up five days a week and a podcasting network with actual plays and shows that discuss role-playing games with more rolling out all the time. We are on iTunes, Twitch, and YouTube. Find out more information at highlevelgames.ca, a site that certainly isn't controlled by a shadowy board of directors of otherworldly origin. That's highlevelgames.ca. Please, help. They're coming. The Los Angeles metropolitan area is constantly growing and changing. Central District is full of new buildings. The Hollywood and Wilshire Districts, once far from downtown, now are part of a which spreads past Beverly Hills and out to the ocean. Why is all this going on in Los Angeles? Why is Los Angeles an exploding city? Dawn Masquerade The Demon's Mirror Thirteen Candles Three Chronicles Running Through the Undead Veins of the City of Angels The Esoteric Order of Role Players Actual Play Podcast invites you to drink deeply. Go to eorpodcast.com and search the Duets tag to find out more. <laughs>